morning and welcome to Subject ACT for local current affairs from a curious and informed perspective. I'm Doug Dobing. Today on Subject ACT, we talk more about the complex problem of homelessness in the ACT. If we are to believe a post on canberra.com.au website as posted on the 22nd of May 2017, then Canberra is the world's most livable city. And according to numbio.com last year, the Australian capital was ranked first on its mid-year quality of life index. However, recent census data reveals that Canberra has the second highest rate of homelessness in Australia. To help us understand more about men's homelessness issues, we first talk with St Vincent de Paul Canberra and Goulburn CEO Barney Van Wick. When I first spoke with Barney, he said that many people are just three pays away from being homeless. And later in the program, the coordinator of Safe Shelter, Richard Griffiths, joins us to talk more about men's homelessness issues in the ACT. Good morning, Barney. Welcome to Subject ACT. Many thanks, and Doug, for the opportunity. I appreciate it. How many people would you estimate are homeless each night in the Canberra-Goulburn region? The latest statistics that we have is um, around 1,785 Canberrans are homeless, according to these statistics. And I need to provide a little bit more perspective around these. Of those um, 1,785 Canberrans, we're talking about 16% of them that are under 12 years of age, which is a concern. Um, 29% of them are homeless due to domestic violence and or relationship breakdowns. We have approximately 62% that's living in supported accommodation uh, for the homeless and and, uh, approximately 16% uh, are living in severely um, overcrowded um, dwellings. So it is a a huge problem um, for Canberra. It is an aspect that we definitely need um, to focus on going forward. That is quite alarming, those figures, especially 16% of homeless are under 12-year-old. Can you talk a bit about that? I mean, 12-year-olds being homeless, what are we talking about? It's actually a little bit bigger than that. Um, If you look at at the the statistics for children, um, we have over 500 children that is homeless under the age of 18. And um, if I can give you an actual statistics, it's about 289 um, under 12 years of age. Now, that that is as a result of of a number um, of of difficulties um, that that's experienced um, with within homes, um, etc. And and it, it goes through to you know, even from a situation where uh, we talk about children that is in preschool that needs assistance. We need, uh, we talk about children in primary care and secondary care that all need assistance. And, and, um, and that, that is just hugely problematic for, for all of, of the not-for-profit in, entities that's currently looking at that support. And you mentioned before that some of the homeless causes are due to domestic violence or relationship breakdowns. What would be some of the other causes for someone to be homeless? So it's very symptomatic of homelessness is the rising cost of living, you know, relationship breakdowns I've mentioned, losing jobs, um, inc- you know, the, the, any forms of childhood trauma can be a cause or and even substance abuse and, and mental health can be a cause of homelessness. Homelessness 
impacts people to a great depth. Um, imagine if you lose your home now, how difficult it would be to hold down a job, to keep your relationships intact, to have confidence to go for another job interview every day. All of that takes a toll on, on mental and physical health and it goes into a spiral and that is a problem for all of us. So it's not just the issue of not having somewhere to sleep. There's wider impacts, as you were saying, on the mental health and, and wider than that as well. Absolutely. Mm. It's about you know, where you're going to, to find sufficient funds to, to pay for general services, um, for food, um, etc. So it, it is, it's very broad. Now, the Australian War Memorial Chief Executive Officer Dr Brendan Nelson said Canberra's homelessness rate was a reflection on all of us. With that many people being homeless, what does it say about Canberra and what needs to be done? Firstly, Doug, I believe, you know, and what we are doing is, let me put it this way, what we're doing currently is we're campaigning for housing to be a human right for everyone in the ACT. Without a home, putting together the pieces that we've discussed previously into place is, is almost impossible. So housing first models and research show that we all need a stable home and that's the best chance that we have to get long-term success. So what do we need to do? Is we need a partnership. Um, we need a partnership with government um, and uh, for government funding. We need consistency in that funding um, you know, currently we're getting funding for short periods, three and four year periods. We need an awareness and everybody needs to be aware of the situation. We need donations, we need sponsorships, we need, we need volunteers to engage and assist us um, to address that. This is a, a whole of community situation. It is not an individual party circumstance and, or just a government situation. It, it is for all of us to engage and to see how we can assist. So homelessness is a whole of community program, as you said, the need for uh, partnerships with government for funding, uh, consistent funding, but also a wider awareness and support. From St Vinnie's perspective, what ways does St Vincent de Paul help those struggling with poverty and homelessness? We're very lucky to have the support of, of, of so many of our members and, and, and volunteers and you know, we acknowledge the exemplary services that, that we receive from so many of them um, and our employees and, and, and there are a number of ways. Um, that, for instance, um, if I can just you know, cite a number of those, we have a service called Street to Home in which um, our caseworkers actively seek out people that are sleeping rough um, and assist them and we are attempting to, to move them into house address very specific health issues, access support, and literally anything that they really need. Um, we also run uh, Men's Shelter in, in Hackett. Um, that's called Samaritan House. That's practically filled every night. Mm. Um, we have a night patrol van that goes out every night of the week and provide light refreshments like hot drinks, sandwiches, jackets, blankets, gloves, sanitary items, whatever we have on board. Um, and, and, and we have that available um, for people to, to use. We also provide emergency assistance where people can phone our helpline and all our local volunteers will assist with a variety of items and food hampers and medical um, transport and paying for, um, for services, etc. So it is a very broad um, initiative from a, from a St. Vincent de Paul perspective. 
And I think Canberra is very fortunate for the great work that St Vincent de Paul does to help those struggling um, financially but also homeless. So thank you from, from that side. Um, St Vincent de Paul CEO uh, Sleepout is coming up. Um, what's that about? So um, it is about providing community leaders an opportunity to to see what life might be like you know, if, if circumstances change. Now, uh, we have a saying here at, at, at St. Vincent de Paul that, that virtually every one of us are two paychecks away from homelessness. Mm. Um, and, and that brings it very close to home. Now, and certainly, we, we, know, we don't pretend that one night sleeping out rough you know, will equate to, to the full experience of, of, of a person that, that's sleeping rough every single night of their life. But it, it, is, it is an opportunity for, for people to, to experience that. It's, and for many, it's an eye-opening. We have many, many um, participants um, participating year after year um, after that first experience, realizing how important it is for them to put their voice out there, to provide funding, to get the sponsorship and the donations in for us um, so that we can take care um, of people out there. Just to give you a little bit of information on that, mm, you know, yes. the, the, the funds that we raise last year, we've provided 17,000 cases of emergency assistance for people in Canberra approximately 12,000 cases of support um, instances for a three-hour night patrol van. Um, you know, and there, there are so many more that get that's onto it. And even it goes as far as, as providing a curtain, you know, just to provide mm, yes. a bit of heat coming up in the winter. Um, you know, so it, it is it's quite broad. Um, so we really um, value every single one that's participating and every single one of our, our champions um, that, that's participating in the CEO Sleepout. How can someone get involved in the St Vinnie's CEO Sleepout? Doug, we would appreciate if anybody can support their local community leader that's, that's uh, going to do the Sleepout, they could also visit our website, um, which is in www.ceosleepout.com. .org.au. If they're a community leader themselves, they can register, can register their executives, or you can just visit the site and, and donate um, to your, your community leader. Um, if you don't have anybody that you know, uh, my name is up there, so you can support <laughs> me. I'll be there as well. Or you can also go to um, www.vinnies.org.au and just follow the prompts. It will show you where to donate as well um, if you just want to make a general donation. May I just also then mention the winter appeal that has started on the 1st of May. Um, if you have you know, any form of, of warm clothing, if you have blankets and curtains that's sitting in the cupboard that's no longer used, etc., you know, we have our Vinny centres um, and we welcome all of those donations. Barney, we appreciate your time this morning in helping us understand the complexity of homelessness and poverty, especially in the Canberra region. We thank you for your time, and I look forward to talk to you again Thank you very much the for the opportunity, Doug, and well, all the best. That was St Vincent de Paul Canberra and Goulburn CEO Barney Van Wick talking about homelessness in the ACT and the CEO sleepout on the night of Thursday the 22nd of June. After this song, Safe Shelter Coordinator Richard Griffiths joins us to talk more about how the community has responded to help men that are homeless in the ACT. 
You are listening to Subject ACT on 2XXFM 98.3. I'm Doug Dobing. That track was from Kylie Minogue singing I'm Going to Be Warm This Winter, a 1962 hit by Connie Francis. Thank you for listening to 2XXFM 98.3, People Powered Radio. If you have an interest in radio or would like to sponsor a program or subscribe, please contact us on 2XXFM.org.au. Safe Shelter Coordinator Richard Griffiths joins us to talk more about how the community has responded to help men that are homeless in the ACT. Richard, welcome to Subject ACT. Thanks, Doug. Many of us enjoy warm nights in our homes, but that's not the case for everybody in Canberra, is it? Well, no. There's a wide range of homeless people. Some of them are actually inside because they're couch surfing, but a lot, of course, are either sleeping rough outside or they're sleeping in cars. How would you describe the homelessness situation in Canberra? Don't forget, safe shelter is an emergency shelter, so people just simply turn up. You know, so we don't go out um, and beat the bushes or anything like that to try and find people. We don't, and people may not come to us, but certainly we're finding more people coming as we are increasing our service. So we went from three nights a week to now we've got two more churches involved. And so this year we're doing five nights a week and we hope to get it to seven nights a week next year. Now, the increase in the number of homeless guys coming to stay with us has been um, quite remarkable, you know, four and five fold. And that's probably because they're more comfortable knowing that there is going to be a shelter open for five nights. They're much more likely to come than if they know it's only up for three nights and then they've got to go back on the streets for four nights. Do you think there's an increased need, like more people are becoming homeless, or do you think it's more that factor that they feel I, safe and comfortable? Well, they feel safe and comfortable anyway, and that's what attracts them to our shelters. But whether there's more of them, I don't know. We're certainly seeing more of the, if you like, sleeping rough you know, uh, homeless guys there seem to be more people who are sleeping rough are coming to safe shelter. And uh, I suspect that's because that, uh, you know, we provide exactly that, just safe, warm shelter. And they can go when they wish to and, um, and, and such like. I don't know whether there's more on the streets. I'm told by um, some of the, the welfare agencies that they think there are more people on the streets. Again, emergency shelter is a different thing to sleeping rough people because um, sometimes the sleeping rough people have been on the streets for weeks or months. Quite often, though, the uh, the people we get for emergency shelter have been made homeless you know, today and, yes, yes. and they're looking for somewhere safe. Yeah. What would be some of the reasons that would cause someone to be homeless? It varies immensely, as you can imagine. In general, I would say most of it is bad luck. If somebody can't cope with something that happens to them, then they get a string of bad luck. And this is where, you know, someone might, who's, who's in a poorly paid job and sort of pretty much at the mercy of their boss, they prang their car on their way to work. So then they get to work and they're all shaken up and they're bad tempered. And the boss says, why are you late? And then they snap back and then, you know, it sort of grows from there. Then, of course, once they get lose their job, then suddenly there's more pressure on them. And if they can't cope with the stress of losing their job and, and having their car pranged and all the other sorts of things, then they're more likely to not cope with anything at all. Now, the argument is, although a lot of people say, yeah, quite rightly, that most people are three pays away from being homeless. In other words, if you lose your job and you don't get another job within about six weeks, then you can't afford your rent. 
and that becomes a problem. Now, some of the homeless guys, you know, some people say, oh, they're all drug addicts and that's why they're homeless. Well, some of them are uh, homeless because they're drugs, drug addicts or alcoholics or something like that, and others are drug addicts because they're homeless. That, that <laughs> cycle of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and so they... They, once they get into a situation of stress, they find the only way they can they can even feel at all comfortable or happy, sort of in the pretty miserable life lived, living on the streets, is by you know going and taking taking drugs or um, or getting a bottle of you know a bottle of something or other and curling up for the night. In some ways, we've got homeless men as a result of either losing a job or a broken relationship or hard luck, as you've said, yeah. have become homeless. Um, you know, people can be thrown out of their, you know, maybe in a group house. They misbehave, or the people that they're in the group house with misbehave and throw them out, or whatever. You know, and uh, again, there can be all sorts of reasons for that. But people can suddenly find themselves on the street. Now, those people, I think, something like safe shelter is particularly valuable for because they're not going to spend the night under the bushes and come up the next morning cold, not not having slept at all, uh, hungry. You know, how do you go back to your job if you, you know, in that sort of state? So if they can get into safe shelter, you know, and, and we send them off in the morning to the early morning centre in Pilgrim House down on North Bond Avenue, they can get a breakfast there, then get connected into the other welfare agencies. And particularly if, um, you know, it's sort of the start of the five nights that safe shelter is open, then they've got somewhere else to come for the next four or five nights while they get themselves sorted out or while people help them get sorted out. So Again, you... um, if they sleep on the streets for too long, they almost certainly suffer from mental health problems. You know, that, that will be caused by sleeping on the streets. So while, um, while you're on that topic, Richard, so we're not just talking about just an issue of homelessness. What are some of the bigger effects of someone being not having a safe place to stay? I mean, the mental health is the, is the major long-term thing. But the other, the other issues about not having somewhere to sleep is how do you get a job if you're all scruffy and you haven't had a shower for a while and, and your, your clothes are terrible? What are you going to do? You've got to get some sort of an anchor in all of this. And I mean, the ACT government provides one emergency shelter for homeless men, mm-hmm. which is funded. And that's Samaritan House. It's run by St. Vinnie's up, at, up in Hackett. Mm. And it's got 12 beds and it's had 12 beds since St. Vinnie's first started running that shelter by themselves back in the 1970s. And there'd be huge waiting lists to get into well, that as well. Yeah, there's it? a big waiting list. And of course, once you get into some somewhere like Samaritan House, then they're not going to throw you back on the streets. So although they've got an official time limit, or some, I think it's something like two or three weeks, they're not going to put people back on the street until the ACT housing has got some sort of accommodation for them, whether it's Havelock House or, or whether they go up to the Ainsley Village or something like that. So once they get into Samaritan House, they're there until some other, somewhere better is found for them, which means that somebody waiting to get into Samaritan House may be waiting two, three weeks, four weeks. I mean, the, the people to talk to about that would be um, First Point, because they're the ones who are supposed to refer people to Samaritan House and such like. And obviously, if they know that Samaritan House is full, then they tell them to come to um, a safe shelter, you know, if we're, we're open. Mm. And, uh, and the process starts from there. And, and eventually, the homeless guys will hopefully get into Samaritan House, then get into the, the rest of the services. If necessary, they'll be referred to mental health professionals. And, and so it goes on. And, you know, maybe they get sent on a rehab course. Maybe they go on the rehab course. You know, sometimes they don't want to go. And all this sort of stuff goes on. Sometimes they get, they, once they've been homeless, for a while, we're assured by some of the 
the professionals that once someone's been homeless for a while, they're not likely to, or they may have great difficulty accommodating to living inside. So in that case, it's it's very important for us firstly to find some emergency accommodation where it's safe, but very quickly to find supported accommodation after that initial... Well, yes. Mm-hmm. But the first thing is to find somewhere safe where they're not going, you know, they're going to be warm. Yes. Because again, being cold it has all sorts of effects on people and not getting very much sleep has terrible effects terrible. on people. Now, Safe Shelter is a service for homeless men over 18 years yeah. old. Now, it, in the past, it has been for three nights. This year, has it, it has expanded to five nights a week. Which churches are involved in providing oh, um, the accommodation? Well, the, the anchor church, if you like, is St. Columbus Uniting Church, which mm-hmm. is a little church in Braddon. They've provided their hall for three nights for the last three years. And uh, then the two new ones are the Salvation Army, uh, Canberra City Church, I suppose you call CORE, they call themselves, yes. um, which is just down the road from St. Columbus on Faulkner Street. And then um, All Saints Anglican Church up in Ainsley. And by sheer good luck, they're all on the number seven bus route. <laughs> well, that, that is a bonus. Now, so we've got emergency accommodation for men over 18 for five nights a week. That's Monday to, to Friday. Is that correct? Yeah. Your service is mostly relies on volunteers to help run. Entirely, yeah. How does it work? Do you need more volunteers? Have you got enough people helping? Uh, we've got... We've got about 90 volunteers, and, and but a lot of them are quite new. I mean, we've got quite a lot. We normally get about 30% of our volunteers volunteer again for the next year. And so we've got about 35, I think it is, volunteers from last year. But the new ones, of course, are very nervous about this sort of thing at first until they get used to the fact that they're going to be sitting around having a cup of coffee until 10 o'clock and then yes. everyone goes to bed, except for the ones who, can go, who are allowed to go home. Do you provide training for volunteers? Oh, yes. Well, it's, it's not allowed, we're not allowed to call it training because it doesn't meet some definition of training, but right. we provide an induction um, <laughs> course, two nights, two evenings, and yeah, then they decide whether they want to sign up for the roster. They select their nights. They do one night a, a month after right, that, okay. you see, and they select the night. And the poor roster coordinator tries to make sure that we've got always got an experience, at least one experienced volunteer on with, with new ones. And we normally end up with three overnight volunteers, plus someone who comes in uh, to help get it all set up and running from 7 until 10. And then, of course, at 10 o'clock, they go home, the lights are put out, everyone goes to bed. In theory, everyone gets up again about sort of 6.30 and the volunteers pack up and go home at about 7 o'clock. In practice, sometimes the, the guests leave earlier than that. You know, sometimes they've got poorly paid jobs and they will leave at 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, all sorts of things happen. We don't know. We don't ask questions. What's your capacity for men? Like how many well, members can you the, provide accommodation? When for? we first got started at St Columbus, the, the building certifier because it had to be certified as for someone to sleep overnight. The building certifier then said under those rules that we could take eight volunteer, eight uh, guests and, and, and our volunteers. Now, I believe that the new building code or the amendments of the building code now allow us to take whatever is comfortable. There isn't a precise number, but we stay to all our, all our volunteers, eight, and then if you've got eight guests, then you, um, you have to call and uh, we'll talk them through about whether it's a suitable time to allow people in, more people in. So it's eight, slightly flexible. Maybe we could get up to nine or ten guests, but that's about all, which doesn't sound very much until you realise that the alternative is Samaritan House, which has got a total of 12. 
So it's a significant increase. So if someone wants to become involved to help Safe Shelter, what's the best way they can go about it? Oh, just send an email to uh, safeshelteract, that's all one word, uh, at gmail.com. And if someone is needing a safe and warm place to stay at Safe Shelter, how how do they go about it? They just walk in. So Okay, so they just turn up. So could you just quickly go through which nights and what venue? Yep. Okay, uh, on Monday nights, it's All Saints Church in Ainsley. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's St. Columba's Hall. It's at 10 Faulkner Street in Braddon. And on Friday nights, it's the uh, Salvation Army City Corps Hall, which is on the corner of uh, Elawira and Faulkner Street in Braddon. Now, Richard, is there anything else that you'd like to share? The main thing is that homelessness is clearly a very complex issue. And safe shelter, of course, is, if you like, a first aid measure in this whole thing. But to actually fix homelessness is something that is quite beyond any one of the current agencies that's involved because it does bring in things like mental health and drug dependency. I mean, we don't see much drug dependency or anything like that because they don't, you know, people who are high down in Garima Place are unlikely to walk to one of our shelters. So the people who come to our shelters want to go to sleep. You know, they're cold or they're frightened. Um, There are all these other issues that get involved with homelessness and you've got to talk to the the professionals on that sort of thing. And again, you've got to talk to people who deal with the people at risk of homelessness. And they're basically poor people. I mean, if if you look at the people who go to the early morning centre that the Uniting Church runs, provides breakfast and then provides referral services, they are dealing with people who may have a government flat, but almost certainly if they're on a Centrelink pension, they're spending probably half their income on their rent and suddenly they can't really afford to buy food or they can't afford to heat their place or they can't afford to pay their various bills Mm. and they're immediately at risk of homelessness. So there's a lot of these people around and the various agencies are trying to stop them falling into homelessness and uh, trying to help the ones who've fallen into homelessness to get back up. I'd like to thank you for joining us on Subject ACT to talk about homelessness and poverty and the great work of Safe Shelters. Thank you very much for joining us today. Okay, thanks, Doug. That was Safe Shelter coordinator Richard Griffiths talking about how the community has responded to help men that are homeless in the ACT. Richard reminds us that homelessness in the ACT is a complex issue and requires a combined response from government and non-government organisations as homelessness also highlights issues around domestic violence, mental health, substance abuse and unemployment. You can listen to this program and other informative podcasts at soundcloud.com forward slash subject ACT. Tune in to Subject ACT on 2XXFM 98.3 each weekday morning from 8.30 to 9. You can also stream us live at 2XXFM.org.au forward slash listen. And don't forget to stay in touch on Facebook and Twitter. Stay tuned for more on 2XXFM 98.3, people-powered radio. Thank you for your company on Subject ACT. I'm Doug Dobing. Have a great day. <laughs>